Hello everyone, here is Daniel Budai with a new episode of our e-commerce podcast and today I'm here with the founder of uh, SuperAir, Zach from New York, US, and he launched this brand 11 years ago, a uh, fighting uh, brand as you will see, and uh, they have multiple local stores in New York and in California as well, and employees there, so really interesting story. How are you today, Zach? I'm great, Daniel. Thanks for having me. So let's start uh, with the humble beginning. So um, when did you start this company exactly? What was your original idea and what was your motivation back then to start? Sure. So we started our, our first day open was in March of um, 2011. So mm -hmm. it's going on 12 years almost. You know, we're about to hit. like So like 11 and a half years right now. But so we started in Long Island, New York. And the idea was just to have um, a store. It wasn't a brand. We weren't looking to be a brand at the time. We just wanted to be the best store we could be um, from a retail perspective for people that were into fight fighting. So to give them a place to like uh, like surfers have with surf shops or skaters have with skate shops, we wanted to provide a fight shop for all the people that in the local area that were into uh, combat sports, boxing, Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu, MMA. Because at the time, the Long Island, um, you know, community had a lot of gyms. Like there was a lot of these gyms in the area, and no one to serve them. And um, a big part of buying fight gear, you know, really doing is is, um, is to try it on. You know, like it's not like one of these things that you can, uh, you know, just buy on the internet and just have like a hundred percent success or even like a high level of success. Like there's so many variables when it comes to fight gear and preference and fit mm -hmm. that having a place to like try things on that you would see on the internet at the time was really kind of unheard of, you know? You know so we, um, we weren't the first fight shop by any means, but we wanted to kind of take whatever that, cause the concept was so new and um, the other ones that were existed were so like basic that we wanted to take it and really like level it up. Because that was and and for our area at the time we were the only one, um, so it was cool and it was you know it was immediately received well by like the hardcore community, you know in, into that in that you know in the area, and then you know slowly but surely started getting people from surrounding areas and you know but at the at the time the first all we cared about was being the best store we were carrying all hundred percent other brands, you know and that's changed over times but um, but yeah that was the initial idea yeah 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 and uh what sport do you do yourself by the way so was it your and i guess still your uh, main hobby or it's something yeah. that you are not really into actually uh yeah no so um so i definitely i trained muay thai a little bit but i was never and i know that like so the fight world and the fight business like i know with 100 percent of my soul that I'm not going to, I like that. I want to be in the business and it's not going to be as a fighter. You know what I mean? Like it's not, that's just not who I am. It, like, but I respect the hell out of the guys who are. So big fan of like the UFC, you know, boxing Muay Thai, practice a little bit of Muay Thai, not a fighter, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, um, but big risk, like I said, big respect for the sport and just, a, you know, a knowledge of kind of, you know, what they were looking for and all that kind of stuff. And, and um, so, yeah, we wanted that's like that was like my in to be a part of that world without having to necessarily, you know, get in the ring, get in the octagon, all that kind of stuff myself. Because that's just 
yeah. which is now who I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But do you do as an amateur or not even like that? No, just train. You know, train, spar, bag work, pad work, all the you know, fitness. Um, you know, but nothing like uh, you know, nothing like like you're talking about amateur, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 Got it. I have a good friend who does boxing like four times a week, sometimes even more. And actually he has a hair care store for women. So oh, nice. yeah, that's fine. And- our customers now, I mean, I can tell you now that I've seen like, you know, like first, first of all, half our customers are women in, in the store, like physically in the stores and everything. It's half women there. Um, and then people of all walks of life, everyone from kids to guys in their fifties and everyone in between. And, if we just made money on fighters, we would make no money. <laughs> you know, the yeah. most people you make money on like the, the mass public and, um, and the fact that they, it's, it's a great tool to just stay in shape and um, to learn discipline and to, you know, be able to protect themselves uh, like self-defense. And, um, and then, you know, it's, it, it helps get people into the sport from like a spectator standpoint too, just to kind of practice it a little bit. So it's cool. Yeah. 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 So you mentioned that you wanted to do things differently when you started out. It was 11 years ago, even a bit more. And back then, e-commerce was not in its infancy, but, you know, not as much mature as today. And uh, I know in clothing and fighting gear as well, it's a challenge that uh, people, they can buy some something that really fits them. Like, mm-hmm. let's say a boxing glove. I, I know how it feels when it's not a good fit for your, your hands. It's really mm-hmm. bad feeling. How do you make sure that it doesn't happen? How do you help people? Well, it's certainly easier to do that in-store. Because in-store, we, we advocate, like, our biggest thing is trying on as many gloves as you, you know, you have you have patience for. You know what I mean? Like, really, like, um, yeah. like customer service, that was another big thing of what I was, you know, when we first started the store and we wanted to give everybody was – like a really personal touch when it, when they, when they shop in person, at least, you know, like, and, um, and that's, that's still like a hallmark of our experience and, um, you know, hasn't changed, even though we got, you know, busier and stuff, we still like adhere to that, but people could come to the store and have in their head that they want one glove and we'll show them that glove, but we'll also show them like five more just so they know they want that glove. And if they, and, and it's like half and half, Half the time they'll leave with that glove and they'll know they made the right decision. And the other half time they'll change their mind because it didn't fit the way they, they thought it would just from looking at online and reading reviews. Because with reviews, it gets tricky because like, like let's say I I write a, um, I read a review about a headgear, but the guy who read the headgear is, you know, twice the size of me. You know what I mean? It fit him great. You know what I mean? But it's not going to necessarily fit me great. You know what I mean? Or like, or their eyes are closer set or you know, wider, you know, just there's so many variables that really just comes down to like, if you could try it on in person, that's the best way to do it. So we advocate for that whenever possible. Online, you know, we try to include information and stuff to help with fit. And, um, you know, we're available like, you know, via email and all that kind of stuff, but it is more challenging online to, um, to mitigate some of those issues. And we have the biggest issues, I would say, online when it comes to um, shoes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know it's yeah. difficult. Yeah, even more than uh, shirts Anything. or gloves. Oh, yeah. By far, yeah. By far, shoes. Yeah. I know Gymshark, they does it with, uh, with uh, you know, 
uh, jeans, not jeans, but like trousers and uh, training uh, t-shirts, all of that. They just give you the the size chart that's quite useful already. Or they also write it there like the model is, I don't know, yeah. uh, 180 centimeters or whatever. That it is. does help, yeah. Uh, it helps, but uh, still, it's and and shoes is even trickier because uh, even if the size is good, sometimes the heel is too, you know, too tough or or there is a problem there. So. We're working on it. We're working on like different ways to like um, just reduce that issue. And it's still it's it's just par for the course. And um, we sell a lot of shoes, so we see this like mm-hmm. kind of like a online. Online, it's an issue. That's but in store, you know, like. It's not an issue that we have in store. So like for the first, I would say we really never paid attention to online. You mentioned like online was in its infancy or like not really in its infancy, but like we, we were so focused, or at least myself, I was so focused in the beginning on just making sure like the in-store um, experience was as good as it could possibly be that the online was just like an afterthought, like not, it was there for people to find out about the store, but it was like in the first year or two, like it was just myself. So like yeah. I didn't really like I wasn't really like interested in packing a ton of orders and all that kind of stuff and like um, I just really wanted to make sure my store was good you know what I mean and we had a website yeah. and eventually we started selling more on the website and um, you know it was good it was kind of like it felt like a bonus like anything we sold online was just like a bonus and um, yeah. it really wasn't to be honest it really wasn't until like almost like right before COVID that we really kind of switched our stance online and put like a, in the, this is, I mean, many years later that we really started focusing online because we always saw ourselves as like brick and mortar. Yeah. And so we had like a backwards view of like the whole entire uh, retail landscape. Yeah. In those early years and long years, like probably eight years, you saw online just an extra uh, traffic channel, but I guess COVID and the last few years, they changed everything. Now e-commerce is a, you know, they, you have more sales there than uh, in the brick and mortar stores or it's like 50-50? Yeah, our website's it's grown substantially. So like we um we actually got really lucky in the sense that um we invested pretty heavily in our website in um, 2019 and stuff. So we redid the whole thing. We moved over to Shopify. We were previously on Magento and um, so we moved over to Shopify. We hired like um, like a different team of people to work with us, and we and so and we started doing a lot more digital marketing, which we had yeah. never done before. Part of the reason we did that is because we picked up um, we started picking up our own licenses. So like at the, previously to that, we carried other brands in um, for a lot of the license stuff. But then we started doing in 2019, we started doing a lot of our own licenses. So we picked up like an Ali license and a Bruce Lee license and to kind of start. And um, so we wanted to market that on Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. So we had kind of laid the groundwork for that in 2019. So when 2020 went down and um, things got a little crazy, we, uh, you know, we were actually set up in a pretty, pretty good, um, which was, which was, which got us through that whole entire like ordeal. And um, luckily, so we were set up in the, to be able to scale that and stuff, you know, during 2020. And then that's kind of when the website and the stores kind of swapped and, and we haven't really looked back since. Yeah. 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 That was a great timing, right? Just uh, one year before. Yeah. 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 Great. Um, 
Yeah, let's talk about uh, e-commerce and, and the online marketing side of it. So what channels did you use to get more website traffic? You mentioned Instagram, Facebook. Was it more organic or you ran, you ran ads or what, what did you use? Both. We definitely, we definitely ran, definitely ran a lot, a lot of targeted ads, specifically like a lot of the Ali stuff and um, that we were doing Muhammad Ali. And um, we ran different ads for that. You know, we, our, our email at the time was just kind of, we had switched over at that point, I think to Clavio and we'd give it more of a more attention, but it still probably was, you know, it still was a long way from where it is, I guess now. And um, so, you know, and it was kind of new to us. We didn't really, that wasn't the world that we came up in. So we kind of just trusted that our, the people that we work with and we were seeing results at the time, like we would be able to move like a lot of units, you know, I guess Facebook and Instagram at that point was, was really easy. Like you would spend X and make Y pretty easily. Like it didn't seem yeah. like you needed to like, uh, yeah, that's changed. The iOS, right? yeah, that's, yeah, that's changed. <laughs> like the last year or so that's been like um it's been different but for the first year or so we were cranking you we were just you know we we're moving a lot of units you know looking back now um i'm sure we could probably could have been more profitable with how we were running things as far as like um customer acquisition cost and like uh you know just the the amount you know because selling now that like i know more because we've kind of gone through that that whole like the iOS update and everything like that, like the last year has made us kind of like as um, to not just rely on what we were told from the, from, you know, the people that we're working with and kind of like dig in ourselves more and understand the kind of like everything, like the whole entire picture, like ourselves, like when it comes to like, if we, you know, really drill down the numbers and like if we sell a t-shirt, but the customer acquisition cost is this and the licensing is this and like, uh, you know, even though we're selling a bunch of T-shirts, it might be, you know, if, if those people aren't coming back necessarily, you know, we it's not that profitable. You know what I mean? And uh, mm -hmm. at first it might have been, you know, like back in 2019, early 2020. But as like, the you know, the iOS updates and everything and the, the acquisition cost goes up, that eats up all your profit. Like you're selling the same amount of stuff but making way less money is kind of what we saw. Um mm -hmm at the like from a bottom line standpoint so we've had to adjust a lot of that and try to like really focus on the people that we've already acquired um you know giving them the best um experience as we can and giving them opportunity uh, reasons to uh to purchase again because we need like returning customers we need to get you know we need to get that up and all that kind of stuff so i'm sure it's yeah. stuff that you guys focus a lot of your attention on and yeah. we needed to like pay more attention to that and um so just in the last like two months, we, you know, we've hired completely different teams, completely different, completely retooled our email marketing, um, our flows, our, you know, how, how many we send, you know, just the content. Um, and now we have a whole different approach now to, um, to our online marketing and, and yeah, it should be, it's so far, so the, the early returns are good and, you know, we're excited, but it is a new landscape, I guess, after, um, iOS update and all that kind of stuff because yeah. that didn't really mean much to me at the time. So it does yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to hear that you are so much aware of it and you made the right steps. It sounds like that because uh, there are many businesses who couldn't make it after that. So their acquisition cost increased for many. Even COVID was not a good thing. Uh, not to mention, you know, 
brick and mortar businesses or even other industries. So yeah, not not an easy situation. And now we have a recession in many industries. Um, what steps did you make? You mentioned Clavio flows, uh, setup, email flow setup, you hired new people. Is there anything else? Maybe you did you start using a, a data platform to track these numbers in Facebook, Instagram, well, all of that? So now, yeah, now with our new team, uh, they moved us over to a triple whale, I guess, mm-hmm. is um, what I understand is a good one, like kind of a leader in the industry. Yeah. Um, a little bit beyond beyond me, my partner kind of handles like the he's he's the more of a finance numbers guy. So then, so now I look more like the you know our we now now we're on like Asana and Triple Whale and Sprout and all and you know Slack and all this other stuff that yeah you know like so I have a lot of things to check and a lot of different calls to and uh, the our team is very on top of different numbers and and all that kind of stuff, which is good to see. Like they have analytics that you know. It, was previously never really like considered um so it's good it's good to know and um yeah but facebook and instagram you know we've moved a, we've well we haven't moved a lot yet but we're putting more emphasis now on like as a 37 year old guy like it, it's not really uh, we're on we're more on tiktok now <laughs> you know what i mean so like for me it's like um i you know i don't feel like i was you know i don't know but TikTok, but it seems like it's a good place to like funnel traffic in, and like start like the top of the funnel. You know, when it comes to that, like, that's like mm-hmm. kind of the terminology that they use, and and that's definitely not my wheelhouse. I'm more like just creative, and like big picture, like business stuff. But mm-hmm. um, but when it comes to like, I like I I I, I like the Instagram. Like I'm on Instagram a lot when, when it comes to the store, and like I like to have a pulse of like our own, you know, our customer that's not in, in, like physically in the store. So like Instagram for me is a good place to do that. But it mm-hmm. seems like TikTok is a good place to like really reach a lot more people. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, I think uh, if you are more like this type of person who oversees the whole thing, the big picture, and let's say you think about the future all the time, it's good to have those more operational analytical people around you. And it's a really yeah. good fit because uh, I have the same in my agency and uh, we have really solid uh, executioners, let's say, like analytical people. I can also do it. It's just so much mental energy. You just yeah, cannot 100%. do both. Yeah. It's impossible after a while. So, yeah. Um, and you important. mentioned... That's why we have analysts at like, you know, hedge funds and all that kind of stuff there because not that the person at the top doesn't get it. But Bobby doesn't get it as good as they do, and that's what they do, you know. And they are there to like, so so yeah, it's important. And I see now more than ever how important that is, and um, because it really is more, you know. I just to me, I just like I'll come up with like the coolest T-shirt. We'll sell a bunch of them, and it's you know that's the reason we're selling them is because of it's a cool T-shirt. You know what I mean? Like, but in reality, it's probably more of like a scientific method to really selling like a lot of T-shirts and like analytics and you know knowing how to navigate that more so than just being like you know sometimes people sell way more t-shirts that aren't nearly as cool you know what i mean it's not even like you know what i mean like they just uh they just play the game better when it comes to like that stuff so i need to like kind of relearn what seems like um normal to me you know what i mean and yeah, all that yeah, yeah. and then not even mention what's the uh you know lifetime value or or your profit margin calculating all of that because that's 
so different conversation than this t-shirt is cool or not so yeah. but both is needed yeah no now we're getting uh, now we're we're more well-rounded now or at least like yeah. as of the last like um couple months and so now it's like it's still a new process like 2023 for us is a big really gonna like, dig deep into that and like kind of like kind of change the way we do our online our, our whole thing mm -hmm. and um and we're just kind of scratching the surface when it comes to like some of the changes that we're implementing uh -huh. um so we'll see you know we got black friday coming up this week yeah and, um, that's a big one for online um historically we do pretty well um but you know like you said this year is you know recession and just a lot of things going on so every year i never expect anything going into any thing like that like it's always like um i always kind of like hope for the best plan for the worst all that kind of stuff you know it's just like um I don't know. yeah 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 it makes sense um yeah talking about black friday i'm curious if you come up with so what, what offers do you come up and um this podcast will be released after black friday so up yeah. to you if you want to share it that's so, fine yeah it's fine. so yeah. we um i think now we moved to um we did this last year and it was pretty successful with uh tiered discounts because mm -hmm. for the first couple of years it was just blanket spend you know just discount and yeah. um but now with like the rising cost of uh you know just the sh shipping and all you know just everything like in just to product without having to raise our prices a bunch. Like we haven't really raised our price, especially on clothing. We haven't raised our prices at all really. Mm. Um, but if we're going to discount things, you know, we want the spend to be higher. So they, so now like the discounts start on the website, I believe at a hundred dollars. So if you mm -hmm. spend a hundred dollars and then there'll be more like tiered discounts from there. Yeah. But um, that's kind of our average order value anyway. Yeah. So yeah. it's not a big deal. But if like you're just buying a t-shirt, you know, not gonna work this time. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's good. And um, so if I, I don't know, if I buy something for like five hundred bucks, which mm -hmm. is higher value for you, then how heavy discount you will give me, like seventy uh, percent or twenty percent? You are more aggressive yeah. on this or not? I think five hundred bucks probably get you around thirty percent. Okay. Yeah. So I think so. Yeah, because I can see brands you know and and they try to position themselves as premium brands and that's why i don't get it they give away 70 percent without any any limit so if well, i get something for 50 bucks they give me 70 and i don't know so the, are they doing that so like so a lot of brands say up to 70 percent because they're like so for us example you could kind of say that because we mm -hmm. allow people to take the discount on clearance items too so in that mm -hmm. case they might be saving like 70%. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's the clearance item we're trying to get rid of anyway. So, but like on a normal product, if you're giving 70%, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 We don't have, yeah. We don't have issues moving. You know, we like clearance stuff is usually like broken sizes. So, like small and XL might be left or something yeah. like that for the most yeah. part. And um, so it already might be half off. You know what I mean? And then yeah. you can come on Black Friday and if your card is X amount, get another 20 to 30% off you know, you're already marked down items. So that could be like technically up to 30, 70, we could say up to 70% off or something like that. Yeah. But we're not yeah. just giving 70% off, you know what I mean? So yeah. yeah, if you say up to 70, that's already a different thing than just straight 70. Yeah. And also I like this approach that you give a discount for something. So either uh, there is a limit 
they have to buy at least 100 bucks or maybe more or less or uh, they have to subscribe they have to join a loyalty program whatever but they have to do something for discount it's not subscribe, just so yeah, subscribe is interesting so like instagram just rolled out their subscriber mm -hmm. thing so we um we got a few we're not like crazy subscribers we got like you know a handful uh you know subscribers mm -hmm. so their their black friday actually started today and it's on the whole site there's no minimum and stuff so yeah. we're trying to give more benefits to like the people that do you know pay and actually subscribe via instagram and try to give them like their money's worth and then yeah. some you know every month that's kind of yeah. the goal with them and um but yeah like everyone else then we have an early access list that people can sign up for that's free that they get early access on thursday to black friday and then the normal mm -hmm. sale starts on friday yeah that's reasonable i think yeah Let's talk about your team and and who you work with. So how you found your first people back then? And it was more for the brick and mortar back then, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, the first people that I hired, you know, like I said, for the first four years of the company, it was just myself. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, so I don't really have any retail experience at that point or hiring or anything, you know. So I just, um, I would hire like really good customers that wanted to work there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. nice people. I was like enthusiastic about, um, you know, the company and, you know, just what we were doing and everything. Like for the first couple of years, that's, that's really all we had. They would just be retail associates and that were in the, they also like that also trained and also like, you know, love the store and all that kind of stuff. So, and then when we opened up in Manhattan, um, I brought my brother came on as a partner and he has like a really strong retail background. Like he mm -hmm. ran multi-million dollar retail operations in Manhattan and like for, for, you know, international companies and stuff like, uh, he ran like the Stuart Weissman store in uh, Columbus circle, you know, for example. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so he had way more experience, like, you know, hiring and managing and all that kind of stuff. So we you know, cause if we're going to do Manhattan, we wanted to do it more like, I guess properly. Cause my Long Island store was kind of just like, it was cool, but it was like, um, wasn't run like, like a well-oiled machine. You know what I mean? It was just like a you yeah. know, local store. And so, so from Manhattan, we um, we started to run it more properly, and then we, you know, we hired people that had retail background, but also trained and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, we've gone through different employees, just you know, the nature of the business, and you know, but they've all, all of them have trained, and all of them have like been knowledgeable about the product, and and just kind of um, yeah, it's it's that's pretty much how we find people, you know, because we have like a really strong customer base, so we're able to usually hire from within there. Okay. How do you approach them? I'm curious. How do you hire a customer of yours? A lot of the times they just ask us if we're hiring and then you know, it goes from there. Or like sometimes it'd be like, hey, you know, like if someone's like really personal, like, a, like there was one employee of mine that, you know, super nice guy, this guy Russell, and he um, he was just so like, in, his personality was just so infectious. And I mm. remember just saying like, hey man, if you ever just, you know, if you ever want a job, just, you know, let me know. Like, and he was like, yeah, it'd be awesome. You know what I mean? So it was just, uh, just like that. But um yeah that's generally because usually there's some kind of rapport there anyway like we try to have a nice relationship with customers and stuff like that mm -hmm. and you know if they're yeah if it makes sense and there's a good personality fit because that's super important for me anyways too is just like um from a personality standpoint just clicking um yeah. and then making sure that they're like the art i hate going into a store and like the and like the people that work there couldn't be bothered like their attitude is just like whatever. Like I, I, I really like for our employees to be very engaging. Um, 
and friendly and you know outgoing whenever possible i think that's pretty cool because they are also your customers right so that's yeah. the best fit uh because they i guess they are in the store right in the brick and mortar store and they will sell products to the customers so and they themselves they are customers as well so yeah. that's that's great um and how about your your marketing team or you know those people who manage the the e-commerce store those are also ex-customers or they came from somewhere else actually yeah it's funny you say that so um so yes yeah, so all the new team we hired um the head of the the agency that we just hired um was a customer he bought a lot of our street fighter mm -hmm. stuff and he reached out to me just the timing happened to be really good because we were interviewing a lot of different um companies at the time we we're having a lot of different audits you know being done and he happened to reach out and had like a nice portfolio and just like said hey you know i appreciate what you guys were doing and i looked at what he did and it looked like you know looked pretty cool so i you know i was like hey let's just talk to him too and you know because we're talking to all these people and um so we did, and he was really good. And we ended up, and you know, his team is really good. And um, you know, he understood what we were doing, and um, he was kind of a perfect fit. So it just happened to work out from a timing standpoint, mm -hmm. and um, that's awesome. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. you know, we went with that. Yeah, it was a customer, yeah, online customer, but a customer. So he was used to seeing some of our flows and seeing some of our ad creative and and like. Um, yeah, everyone. Yeah, so we did like probably five or six audits on our website, and um, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's great. I think that's a good story for everyone who who, who listens to us. That uh, you can even hire someone from your customer base. I think that's that's great. I have one more question to you, Zach. Uh, so, what would be your number one tip to other e-commerce business owners for next year, twenty twenty-three? Yeah. Um, so this year was tricky for us. So this year was tricky for us. Like I said, a lot of the reasons why, um, you know, beyond the economy and the iOS update, you know, like the, with the customer acquisition cost is very important. And like, um, especially it depends what, so it depends what industry you're in. Like if you have like a super high margin product that you buy for like, let's say five bucks and sell for a hundred bucks, you can kind of eat that and bake it in a little bit. But unless your margins are just like ridiculous, you really need to know and understand your customer acquisition costs and how much money you're spending because you could be selling things at a loss. You know what I mean? Like if, uh, and that's no good. That's no way to run a business. That's no way to provide for, you know, family. That's, uh, that's, it's just not good. So I would make, you know, just to, to make sure that you are kind of in your pocket when it comes to, uh, like like in the pocket, you know, kind of, I mean, like in a boxing set, yeah. like not like in your physical pocket, but like in um, and like understand how things work in that regard. And if something's not working, and it, or it's you know, it's costing you money, like in a, you know, and putting you in red, you know, in the red and everything like that, then then get out of it and do something different and you know, like um, you know, try new things, you know, like yeah, and and then try to just be, be as engaging as you can and um, offer the most value that you can to your customers, both existing and new, you know, you want them to be excited about your brand the way you are. And if you're not, then they won't be. And you know, that's how it goes. Yeah. 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 Thanks a lot, Zach. It was a great story and uh, I wish you success for the next few years and uh, maybe even decades. 
And um, yeah, I think we could learn a lot from your story today. And thanks everyone who listened to us, the live stream today or later the podcast. Every week we come out with new episodes with e-commerce founders. And uh, thanks everyone again and have a great day. Thanks, have a good one. Thanks, Daniel.